Welcome to the Real View podcast, where Ohio realtors connect you to innovators and influencers, keeping you with the real view of real estate. Whether you're a broker, agent, first time home buyer, industry leader, or just happen to stumble upon our podcast today, you can expect to hear tips, tools, tricks, interesting information, and so much more from the experts in Ohio's real estate game. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to The Real View Podcast. I'm your host, Allison Wiley. With me today is a very special guest, Christine Hansen. She is a Florida realtor, a broker, a life coach, former president of Florida Realtors, a candidate for the 2025 NAR first vice president position. And there is so much more that I could name off. Her leadership and involvement in our industry is so expansive. And we're going to get all into that. But first, I have to welcome you to the show, Christine. Welcome on. Thank you so much for joining me. Well, thank you so much, Allison, for having me. I appreciate uh, being here. Yeah, absolutely. So before we get started in today's episode, and you're going to share a little bit with us about your career journey and and what your path and leadership has been like and what you've learned along the way. But before we get started on that, I have to ask our signature question that I ask all of the guests who join me on the Real View podcast, which is since the show is called The Real View, I'd like to know what is the best view that you've ever seen? So that is such a tricky question, but I have to say, when I really think of all the travels and everything that I've done, it has to be just one, right, Allison? I can't do two, huh? (laughs) I mean, Um, if you want, maybe like 1A, 1B, you know? (laughs) Okay, okay. I love it. I love it, right? So um, the first one I have to say clearly is Machu Picchu. You know, being there and just thinking about the history and just feeling the energy and just knowing so much about just the spiritual part of that place was amazing to me. So definitely Machu Picchu was one. And then the second one was I had an opportunity to actually sit on top of this roof that was kind of a makeshift hotel overlooking the Taj Mahal. And, and, Again, that was just the most amazing, incredible view and just knowing the different history and actually just looking out and seeing it within view was amazing. So I would say those are probably my two most incredible views, just to name two. Oh, I love that. Beautiful. No, very cool. And I want to get into more of the spiritual stuff because I know that's some of the work that you do um, in your coaching and things like that. You're very well connected to that spirit, mind, body flow and kind of how that all works. So we'll get into that um, a little bit later, but thanks for playing along. (laughs) in my view game. Um, So I want to hear a little bit about you and your career journey, um, how you got to where you are today, how you became so involved in so many things um, that that you've been in in the past course of your career. And, you know, what made you decide to go the route of real estate? Is this always something you knew that you wanted to do or did you kind of fall into it? So I love that because um, I am a second generation realtor. So my mom, was a realtor. And um, I used to say, I never want to be a realtor because I would see her working on weekends and she was always on the phone. And there was like, no, I never want to do it. And then all of a sudden, when I got older, I ended up being a secretary at the office and I started to be around realtors and I actually could see the joy of what they were doing. And then I also saw, I have to admit, I saw their checks and I thought, this looks kind of interesting. (laughs) So my mom said, you know, hey, try it, get your license 
and, and try it. And if it doesn't work for you, I'll support you and help you with doing something else. And at the time that I actually got my license, I was a single mom. So it was something that was interesting to go into kind of a commission basis from the get-go as being a single mom. So something that a lot of people don't really know about me, but we talk about really starting from like the bottom, just a supplement in the beginning. I used to go in and take my daughter and we used to actually clean the office. And so a lesson in humility, I used to go in and I'd have to vacuum, empty trash, clean the bathrooms. And sometimes, you know, back then, not that there were dinosaurs roaming, but (laughs) back then we didn't have the computers and the cell phones and the things. So a lot of realtors would work in the evenings and literally I would actually be cleaning around the realtors that I ended up working with. So it was an interesting start. And I think what started my leadership journey was I had a mentor and for all of you out there listening, mentors are definitely the way to go, you know, trust them, listen to them. And she said, for me to really have a fulfilling career, I needed to get involved at my local association. And just that involvement and getting engaged and seeing all that we can do aside from just having a real estate license, I guess she knew it just hooked me. So that's the start of my leadership journey. And it was back then, I hate to say this, but I got my license in 1987, got my broker's license in 89. And then I ended up getting involved in my local association in 1992. So it's been a while. Yeah, no, that's, that's incredible. And you've stayed consistent with it. I mean, throughout your whole career, which I think is so admirable and really cool as well. And I know you said you got hooked on it and decided kind of this, this was the thing for you. What's been your favorite part about, about leadership and holding those different positions that you have throughout your career? I love when it came to leadership, I think being able to be part of something. So I never thought of leadership as a solo word. I always thought of it as a team. And I know we talk about that a lot, but back then, you know, being a single mom, being able to surround myself with other professionals and people that wanted to make a difference at our local level and our grassroots level meant something to me because I wanted to give back. You know, I want to make the place a better place for my daughter to live and, and her daughter to live and you know and on so I think it kind of just caught me that I love the the collaboration and every part of my leadership journey not only was I able to learn and grow but I felt I was able to open the door and help someone else and you know that's just such an amazing feeling yeah and you can kind of see that passion you know with the work that you do as a coach as well and wanting to give back to other people and something i want to talk about too is your advocacy work and the work that you do giving back to the community um i always love hearing stories of realtors giving back because i think it's such an important part of what this profession does and i know it's something you do so well tell us a little bit about the work you do in your community and some of the involvements that you've had with different civic work Thank you so much. So, well, when we talk back on advocacy and leadership, um, when I was my local president um, in 2007, uh, that was right when all the, the market, the prices and homes were going so high that they, we actually had a really serious issue here with regards to people's property taxes, pricing them out of their own homes. And we also had people that were stuck in their homes because they couldn't sell because if they bought the, the tax price range, um, the property taxes would just 
would just hurt them. So we had to fight and really talk about portability and how we could have people take a certain bracket of their price point and their property taxes, and then also be able to advocate so that the property taxes could only go up so much per year to safeguard the communities and the people we serve. So I was able to be part of that as my presidency in 2007. And I think we got those things passed and we were able to be successful with being able to help those communities. And I think that's kind of where it really showed me firsthand, like if you really pay attention to things, you can make a big difference. And so from there, seeing the work in the community, I've done other things like Challenge Air, where we had a whole bunch of pilots that would actually take children with disabilities and take them on a flight and show them that anything is possible for them. And so that was something that touched my heart just from a a community standpoint for helping our children. And then the other thing was the cause for Patriots. Um, And we did a whole big push with our company for that, just being able to help vets be able to have that emotional support that they need. We can't forget our people. I think that's really what anything that I ever do, it always comes back to, we, we can't forget that people need to be seen, they need to be heard, and they need to be helped. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. No. And I love what you said that even we are one person, but we can make just a huge impact and difference in this world. And I think that's one of the things that can be so overwhelming. You know, when you think about a problem or you hear stuff in the news, it's like, well, what am I supposed to do about this? You know, it's almost that like helpless feeling. But I love that you said that because you're right. Even if it's just a little bit, we can make a difference. And it's such an empowering feeling to be able to know that like we can, even though there's major, you know, big problems and issues and we hear about things every day that we can have a difference. I think that's really important. And, you know, Allison, when you say that, one of the things that I immediately go to is nothing was more clear to me when I was vice president of advocacy in 2020. And NAR led the effort to really have realtors be deemed essential. And so that really touched on the livelihood of our members, every single member. I mean, the impact was incredible. And knowing that we had a part of that, and then even being able to have independent contractors, first time ever be able to get and ask for that PPP loans. I mean, again, sitting in that role, it's funny, you know, 2007, president of my local, and we're having this crazy market. And then 2020, sitting as VP of advocacy, now we have this um, situation with COVID. I've seen so many shifts, but I've seen when you stay focused and, and you work as a team, and you know the issues, wow, what a difference we can make. And again, that's just, that's the hook, right? Oh my gosh, right? It's always something and you can never, you know, prepare yourself. So how do you really, um, you know, navigate through those challenging times and when stuff pops up that, you know, you weren't expecting or, or that may be a little rattling, how do you work past that and push through it and, and keep sane in the midst of all the chaos that's going around? <laughs> I love that question. So, you know, so here's the thing is every day I do a reset. Every single day I start from a place of balance and peace. Before I even get out of bed, I say, and and, and for those of people that have heard me before, I say I'm healthy, whole, and complete. And then what I do is I set my intention for the day because things are always going to come at us. And I feel that we're best ready and positioned to make the healthiest, smartest decisions when we're in a place of peace. And so I always tell realtors, I tell my leadership teams, hey, we're never going to quickly react to something. We're going to be able to take a breath and then we're going to respond in the way that's best for the members. And I think that's what kind of 
keeps me grounded and gives me peace. Oh my gosh. I love that. I love that mantra. I want to like write that down and like put it on a little post-it note or have it pop up as a reminder on my phone. Cause I think that's so important, especially as starting your day off. And I, I like to start my evenings off when I go to bed at night. I just say like, thank you for, you know, this day. Thank you for my health and my family's health and my, you know, pets and friends' health and all of that good stuff. But I kind of like the idea of doing that in the morning too. What a way to just set your day off on the right foot. Like, I love that. Okay, so you are going to be joining us at the Ohio Realtors Leadership Conference in October. You're going to be speaking to our leadership team and some of our committee chairs. Um, What do you hope to share with our attendees and what are you looking forward to about your visit here with us in just a few weeks? So I am so excited to be there. Like, I really just can't wait. So thank you so much again for just even having me. Um, we're going to be talking to the leadership group. And so there's a couple different things we're going to be able to go over. We're going to talk about what's called leadership in today's world. If you think about it, what we expected or wanted from our leaders 20 years ago is very different than the type of leadership that we kind of want and need now. So we're going to kind of do a deep dive into that. Uh, We're going to talk about how to have a difficult conversation. It's something that a lot of us, you know, there's things that we need to say, whether it's to each other or about something, and we don't feel comfortable. And so we avoid it, which ends up turning the situation into something more difficult or were misunderstood because we didn't have that difficult conversation. And with leadership, again, it's team. And so you have to be able to have that opportunity to be vulnerable and also to be able to allow your teammates to connect with you. Yeah, that's awesome. I'm super excited to have you here and to, for you to share that with our leadership heading into 2023. This episode of The Real View is brought to you by the Ohio Association of Community Colleges. Ohio's network of community colleges provides accessible training that accommodates the busy lifestyles of aspiring real estate professionals at half the price of a traditional university. With convenient locations in every part of the state, as well as online options, Ohio's community colleges are your smart choice for pre-licensing education. For more details or to start the journey to a real estate career, Visit the education page at ohiorealtors.org and then click on the pre-licensed course locations. What have you learned throughout your career? I know you mentioned some of the things um, like being vulnerable, having those tough conversations. What else have you learned throughout your career about leadership, what it is, what it means, and kind of what it takes um, to become a good leader? You know, I really love this question for so many reasons. So I can tell you some of the things that I've learned because we all have to grow and learn and we make mistakes. And so back when I was in a leadership position, but it was still kind of new to me. And some things happened where in the role that I was in, I should have had a voice to say, hey, this isn't right. We need to stop. We need to regroup. But I didn't. And I didn't because I was afraid I was newer and I didn't have the confidence that I should have had in that role. So when I go out and I talk with leadership academies and when I talk to to teams and groups, own your role and give yourself permission to have the confidence and think about having that confidence to play, to be in the role that you're, you're in. Uh, so that's something that still, I wouldn't say haunts me, but it's a lesson that I always try to share with people because my voice needed to be heard then. And, it, and I was silent. 
And so that's a lesson that I promised I would never be silent again. The second thing I've learned in my leadership journey is the fact that you really truly can say anything to anyone as long as it is coming from love and respect. And, and I feel like, you know, we all come from so many different places and it's so easy to see how different we are. But from a leadership viewpoint, if you can start looking at the thread of what we have in common and then look at the differences as ways to grow and to learn, you're going to have a team that's going to come up with the right choices and decisions because you're going to have it all mapped out from all sides of every point of view. The last thing I think is just having, giving yourself permission that you might not always succeed. And to know that if you do make a, you know, like I tell people, listen, I'm going to do the very best I can. And will I make a mistake? Probably I'm not perfect, but if I do, I promise I will own it and I will take whatever measures I need to correct it. So I think those are the most important things I've learned in my journey so far but I'm still learning. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. No, I think those are all so important. And do you feel like that kind of transfers over into your personal life as well? And I know, you know, when we talk about leadership, we think in a business standpoint, and of course this is a podcast for realtors and we're talking about the realtor profession, but do you feel like kind of following those steps and, and those guidelines, does that trickle over into your personal life as well and kind of make you a better person and leader and a mom and all the other things, um, all the other roles that you play throughout the day? Absolutely. I think everything you learn can be used across the board, right? So, you know, as a mom, I um, definitely grew and learned, but I also learned that nurturing part of being present with my daughter was important when I was working with my realtors in my office. They're there for me to help them. And then, of course, that translates back over to the leadership because, again, you want to be the leader that the members expect you to be, or you want to be the team player that your teammates need you to be. Having the time to really be authentic and have ownership and kind of I want to say leaving your ego at the door, but that's not a true statement because to be a leader, you do have to have a little bit of an ego. I'm, I'm going to say it like it is. You have to believe, you know what? I think I'm the best person for this. And egos but aren't I, always bad, right? Right. Yeah. Exactly. Like there's such yes. a bad, like there's a bad rep about like the good ego and the bad ego and we need ego in a certain sort of way to, you know, believe that you're the best in what you do. Absolutely. And I think, I think it's just being able to make sure that the ego is a part of what drives you to be courageous and, uh, and to do things to overcome your fears. But ego isn't something that makes you better than other people because I am not better than anyone else. And so I think those are the balances, but that carries throughout your whole life with everything. Oh my God, that's so important. I think that that is like, we need to take a minute because that is like so good and so important. I love, I don't think we've ever talked about the ego and the impact that it has um, on this show before. So I love that you brought that up and, and you summed it up in just such such a beautiful way. I want to hear a little bit, this is kind of a good transition because we're in kind of the life approach and how we you know handle situations. I want to hear about your work as a life coach. Tell us a little bit about that. Why did you decide um, to get involved in that? I can kind of understand why as we hear more about you and your passion for helping others. Um, but tell us about that and then maybe share a little bit about what you're seeing these days with, with your clients. What are some of those tough challenges or, or problems that we're facing, what, what are you seeing um, and when it comes to your work in that regard? So I think the thing that got me started in this path of being kind of a coach and uh, helping people, I always have had kind of 
a passion for it. Like, I don't even remember when it started. I joke and say, you know, my father was a, had been a Lutheran minister. So maybe it's always just been in my blood, but I was looking for a way of being able, like, I felt like people needed permission to take care of themselves and they needed a safe place to be able to heal when things were going wrong. And I was looking for a way to find that. And so I ended up finding um, Louise Hay um, and it's with Hay House. And I took their course on being a workshop leader and I went in it and Allison, I have to tell you, I went in thinking, I'm going to learn all this stuff and I'm going to fix all these people and help them. You know, I went and they make you take the course. Oh my gosh. I learned so much. I mean, I needed it. So in my heart, I could feel that for me. And I thought I was kind of balanced, you know, how much people need. So that kind of really started me off. And then I went through the other courses in regards to the life coaching. And so I think for me, it's, it's a gift to me to help other people. So I can honestly say selfishly, it makes me feel so good. And I don't know if there's anything really wrong with that, but it, it just really does. And then other times, you know, people say, well, why do you do this? And I say, you know, because it makes me feel so good to see people really, truly own their lives and, and have the lives they deserve. So those are kind of my whys. But the second part of your question on what I'm seeing with people now really comes from a place that there has been a lot of division within our country and there has been isolation due to COVID and various things. And with social media and people posting pretty much a lot of times how everything is so great, I think that it sometimes has hurt people where they are, they are feeling very much alone. The other thing is we multitask. And I think sometimes we need to be in the present moment. And when someone's talking to you, listen to them. So a lot of times I'm, I'm feeling and I'm working with people where they don't feel heard. Not that people aren't listening to their words, but there's no connectivity. And so people now that I'm seeing want to be able to, to be heard. Um, people are fear-based because there is a lot of turmoil and they need to have a safe place to know that, you know, everything will be okay, you know, that we're going to get through this and, and to have that encouragement. Um, permission for them to be themselves. You know, we don't have to conform to anyone else. You know, it's, it's like, don't be anyone else. So, you know, they're taken, be you, you know. I, I think that that's really because people are worried about what other people think. And there's a difference between caring what other people think out of respect or worrying about what people think because you're trying to fit in. And so I think that has a lot to do with it. That makes so much sense. And I don't think that I've ever looked at it that way. Like the difference between the two, why you care about what people think. Are you caring out of concern or are you caring with worry? That's that's so true and so interesting. And you're right. I mean, it's so hard now to get caught up in the social media comparison game. I mean, who doesn't do that as you scroll down your feed and this person's on this vacation and this person's lost this much weight and this person's in love and got engaged and married. And, and how do you, like, it's almost overwhelming. You're like, well, what about me? Like, what am I doing? How do I get... You know, how do I level up on those levels? And I know that is something that we all struggle with. At least I know I do. It can be so, so toxic and it's just, it's a lot and it's it's hard. But one of the things that I love about the work that you do is you do so much with the mind, body, spirit connection. And I think that is so important and so critical. Tell us a little bit about that and kind of how you use that approach every day. 
Thank you for that. So one of the things, it's really about perception, how you see things. So when you're scrolling and you see someone's in love, take a moment and feel their joy and think it's so beautiful and wonderful that people can find love. And in and, and the big picture of things, isn't that what we all want is to feel safe and feel healthy and feel loved? And so instead of looking at things and, and seeing the lack of it, find the abundance in it and be able to say, you know what, they have found joy. I deserve joy too. So when you say like the mind and the body and the spirit, you know, we have self-talk and our self-talk can be our friend or it can be that little enemy. And so we need to be able to think about the words that we're saying to ourselves, because what we think really creates our beliefs. And then our beliefs really create our habits. And then it, it goes on to our life. I tell people, if you wake up in the morning and you're having all those little negative thoughts, write them down and then write in a present tense, a positive. So if it's kind of like, oh, you know, I'm so tired. I can't believe I have to deal with today. You know, if your first thought is that, you know, you might want to say, I'm so happy I can set my intention for a wonderful day, or I set my intention for a wonderful day. So it's positive. So that's kind of part of it. Um, the other thing, and, and you're going to laugh at this because I caught you saying it. I tell people don't watch the news. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> If you think about it, you know, what is it about the news that's going to bring you joy? Yeah. And so, you know, find trusted sources of information and turn the news off and put some great music on, put a podcast, anything. But the news is really just sensational, dramatic stuff of negativity and makes people fear-based. And so that's the, the thing I definitely feel. And then even like with your body, accept who you are, how you are now. And, and don't try to be something different. And if you do want to get stronger or lose weight or whatever, allow it to be a healthy, positive process rather than a negative war against yourself. Oh, and so I think, important. yes, is it, I think that goes to health because do you know that stress causes more illness than anything else we can think of? I mean, think about that. So I, I really tell people um, in the big picture of things, have thoughts that are going to feed you with courage and with positivity, allow your body to be the best that you want it to be in the best possible way. And in your spirit, follow your intuition. You know, don't the uh, Wayne Dyer said, you know, don't die with the music still inside of you. So find that music that's inside of you and find a way to let it go out so that you can celebrate each day. Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh. I love, I love all of that. That's, that's so great. Um, great, great stuff. And I love what you said, like stress, you know, causes more health problems than almost anything else. And where does stress come from? Our mind. Like we're not breathing stress in the air. We're not eating stress. You know, we're, we're creating it in our head based off of whatever outcomes are going around us. So it goes back once again to protecting your mind, protecting your thoughts. Tell yourself those good things. I know I'm one of the ones, I'm my biggest critic. I'm always like, no, you can't do that. Or what are you doing with that? Or why are you doing this? You know, and it's like other people would never even think of the things that you think about yourself, right? Which is like exactly. also the crazy thing about this is so much of what lives our head is made up stuff. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So why not? If you're going to make stuff up, make up good stuff. Yeah. <laughs> make it, but you know, think about the best case scenario, not the worst case scenario. And because people sit there like, why are you always so happy? And it's not that I'm always so happy. I have challenges. I have struggles. I have difficulties. I have insecurities. 
it's just the way that you allow yourself to either heal from things or give yourself permission to take time to change those thoughts so that you could sit there and say, you know, everything is working out for my highest good and, and claim it versus getting down into that darkness. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's something I constantly have to check myself on because I'm like always, you know, the the biggest like pessimist in my head. I'm like, that can never happen. That can never work out. And I'm like, none of what I'm saying is true. Like, why am I believing all of this stuff? And there's no proof of anything that I'm saying in my head. Um, that's no. exactly. Yeah. yeah, no, I love that. I think that's super cool. Um, so before we kind of wrap up today, um, I want to hear about your newest adventure that you are going to be heading into in your leadership journey, um, which is is your candidacy as the 2025 NAR first vice president. Um, I know you can't say much because it's not that official time yet, but what can you tell us about that and what you're looking forward to? Well, thank you. Well, again, you know, all I really can say is that I am Florida's endorsed candidate for NAR first vice president for 2025. I'm excited for the journey and I would love to be invited back anytime after August of 2023 uh, to tell you more. But um, it's it's a, it's an amazing journey and I'm humbled by it. Well, amazing, amazing um, work there. Congratulations again on that endorsement from Florida and best of luck um, with your campaign as it officially kicks off um, next August. And thank you so much again for your work in this industry and just the things that you do. And I mean, you guys, if you don't know Christine, just Google her bio and the the list of your involvements at all of your different state and local and at the national level is crazy. So you are a true servant of this industry. So we thank you for that very much. Is there anything Thing, any last words, any last bits of advice before we wrap up today that you would like to share? Nope. The, the only thing that I would say is to anybody that's out there listening is just be your best authentic self. Don't forget volunteering is supposed to be fun. And, and again, a lot of the relationships and friendships that you make will go far beyond any title you have. So just enjoy it and, and have fun. Absolutely. I love that. Well, Christine, thank you again so much for joining me. Um, to all of our listeners, thank you guys for tuning in. We will talk to you next week. Thank you for listening to The Real View. That wraps up today's episode. You can keep up with the latest on the podcast at ohiorealtors.org slash The Real View and on Apple or Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen. Have questions, comments, or suggestions? We want to hear from you. Email us at podcast at ohiorealtors.org. We'll see you next time. Hey, Ohio Realtors. Register now for the fourth annual Broker Summit happening October 18th in Westerville, Ohio. Plus make sure to join us for the all new Team Summit happening the day before the Broker Summit. That's right, two straight days of learning and networking just for you. Don't miss out on this important opportunity. Register today by visiting ohiorealtors.org.